So Ephesians chapter 1 and just verse 11. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Katika Christo sisinasi tumepata urithi, tukiishi kuchaguliwa sawasawa na kusudi la mungu. Now there is going to be much overlap in what we say today, but that is good because it will just be reiterated over and over and confirmed in our heart and mind to say the same thing maybe in a little bit different ways. Tunaweza kusungumuza mambo mengi sana jinsi tunavyoangalia katika kusudio la afundisho la leo lakini hata hivyo tutasungumza yale ambaye Bwana atakusudia but what i want to look at in ephesians 1:11 is just the phrase the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will lakini kila ambacho anataka haswa kutia mkaso ni sehemu katika waefeso 1:11 ambayo inasungumzia kuhusu kusudi lake ambalo alitufanya sisi And we see this in many places in the Bible. But just to reaffirm again our uh, 1689 confession of faith. It says, from all eternity God decreed everything that occurs. Ya kwamba kuanzia uh, katika umilele wake Mungu amekwishatangaza vitu vyote kutendeka without reference to anything outside himself bila kuhusisha chochote kando naye other other people have defined God's decree and maybe it's helpful to look at uh, others how others have defined his decree as well kuna watu wengi ambao wameweza kufafanua hili uh, 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 tangazo ama swala hili ingawa sisi nasi pia tutataka kujua mengi kuhusu wale ambao waliweza kutafsiri ama kufafanua jambo hili la tangazo la Mungu. Uh, I like to learn from dead people because I know that they're not going to change their mind. <laughs> Ameweza kujifundisha kusaidia watu kumi lakini hakuna mtu anaweza badilisha mawazo. So it is good to study historians uh, uh, theologians from the past. Kwa hivyo ni muhimu kuweza kuwasoma pia historia ya wale watu ambao walikuwa watangulizi wetu. One of those uh, Thomas Boston a Puritan. Uh, katika wale wenye walitutangulia kule mbele said God has foreordained according to the counsel of his will whatever comes to pass. Wanasema kwamba Mungu amekwisha 
kuyapanga kuyaweka katika mpangilio kulingana na kusudi la mapenzi yake yale ambaye atakuja kutendeka for God to decree is to purpose and foreordain to will and appoint that a thing shall be or not be ya kwamba katika kusudi la mpangilio wake na tangazo lake anatangaza kulingana na kusudi lake vitu vyote na mambo yote ambayo amekwisha yapangilia ya na kuyakusudia kuyafanyika kufanyika kwa wakati kulingana na jinsi ameyapanga so uh, basically what i want to do in this message is quickly just uh, tell, think about what God's decree is like what is the character of God's decree kwa hivyo ataweza kueleza kwa muda huu kwenda kwa ufupi kueleza mambo gani ambayo Mungu aliweza kuyatangaza na yako katika mpangilio wake and i'm just going to do that quickly because we've uh, sort of already mentioned in various ways this ataweza pita hapo kwa haraka kwa sababu kuna mambo mengi ambayo yamekwishazungumzwa and then secondly i want to spend time thinking more about sin and god's sovereignty how does that work na anataka kuchukua muda wake mrefu kuhusu dhambi na ule utendaji ama utumishi because uh, both Ellie and I have as we have talked about sovereignty we have we have showed you the the wonderful the good side um, but there are things that are more difficult to work out kulingana na mchungaji Ellie na yeye anapofundisha fundisho hili kuhusu enzi wa Mungu vile wamefafanua tunataka kutazame sasa sehemu ya kuchukua nafasi katika sehemu ya dhambi kwa wanadamu there are things that cause that people look at the sovereignty of God and cause them to to question it because of the tension between human responsibility and God's will kuna watu wengi ambao wana wanatazama katika fundisho hili ndio wanaweza kusema Mungu ni muenzi anaoenzi ana, 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 ni mwenye enzi zote lakini kwa sababu ya asilia ya dhambi na kwa sababu ya tabia zetu ile kwa sababu ya asili inatusukuma katika utendaji wa mambo yenye hayastahili lakini katika kutiana moyo na kuzidi kusikiza tunaenda ku, kuona ni nini haswa Mungu anataka tufanye So first I want to give us a few points about the character of God's decree. What is God's decree like? First God's decree is eternal. Jambo la kwanza wa Mungu ni wa He has declared or decreed all things before time ameweza kutangaza vitu vyote kabla ya wakati for instance even in ephesians 1 it tells us that our that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world tunapoangalia aswa katika maandiko wa efeso 1:4 inatueleza kwamba alituchagua sisi hata kabla ya wakati So it was decreed by God before you and I were ever born before the world was ever created who God would choose. 
Kwa hivyo kabla dunia haijaumbwa, huyu Mungu mwenye enzi ameweza tangaza kukuwa kwetu ndani ya Kristo Yesu. But we will talk about more about that tomorrow when we talk about God's sovereignty and salvation. Kwa hivyo kesho tutasumumuza swala hili mara tena kuhusu uenzi wa Mungu katika wokovu. But for now we just want to say that God's decree is eternal. Kwa hivyo sasa hivi tunataka tu tusungumzie kuhusu uenzi wa Mungu katika umilele wake. We see this also in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 11. Tunaona katika Waefeso mlango wa 3 mstari wa 11. It says this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ya kwamba hii ni kulingana na jinsi uteuzi wake wa milele yani kusudi lake ya kwamba aliweza kukundua kwamba mambo yote ndani ya Kristo Yesu bwana wetu. God is not looking at things happening in time and then deciding what his purpose is. He is he has already decided his purposes before time began and decreed everything that will happen. Ya kwamba Mungu si kama wanadamu ya kwamba anaona kitendo fulani kinafanyika sasa ndiye anaanza kukimbia hapa na pale kupanga yale ambayo inastahili kufanyika. Hapana. So God's decree is eternal. Second, God's decree is immutable, unchanging. Kwa hivyo tutapata kwamba tangazo la Mungu, mpangilio wa Mungu ni wa milele. Na vile vile tunaona kwamba kusudi hili la Mungu halibadilishwi. God does not change his mind. Mungu habadilishi mawazo yake. He has already decided and decreed all things and there is nothing that will happen in time to change what he has decreed. Yale yote ambaye amekusudia kufanya habadilishi ama habadiliki kulingana na mpangilio wake. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 Katika kitabu cha hesabu 23 mstari wa 19 Says God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind Inasema kwamba Mungu si mwanadamu aweze kudanganya wala mwana mwana mtu mtoto wa mtu aweze kubadilisha mawazo yake It's interesting that it compares God to man. Man lies, man changes his mind, but God is completely different than man. Tunapoangalia katika mstari huu tunaona kuweza kulinganishwa. Mstari inatuambia kuhusu mwanadamu ambaye mwanadamu hubadilisha mawazo na mtoto wa mwanadamu ni mtu ambaye anaweza kumdanganya. God does not have to manipulate or bribe anyone. Mungu sio Mungu ambaye anaweza kumuibia mtu ama kuchochea wengine. He just simply does what he wants and does not change his mind. Yeye hufanya kila ambacho anataka na anafanya kila ambacho amekusudia kufanya jinsi apendavyo. The rest of Numbers 23:19 says he has said and he will uh, and he and Will he not do it? He has said and will he not do it? Anasema katika sehemu ya mwisho ya kwamba kila ambacho amekusudia, amenena, atakifanya na kukitimiliza. Now if we've said 
God does not change his mind. I'm sure that some of you are thinking about some places in the Bible where it says God changed his mind. Ninaposema kwamba Mungu habadilishi mawazo yake, labda wengine watasema kuna sehemu katika maandiko inasema Mungu amenabadilisha mawazo yake. For instance in Genesis chapter 6 verse 6 tunapoangalia mwanzo mlango wa 6 mstari wa 6 it says the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth inasema kwamba na Mungu akakundua kwamba alifanya makosa kwa kumuumba mwanadamu so it seems to say that God was happy to make man by his own choice and then later he changed and regretted that he had made man. Labda unaweza fikiria kwamba oh, pengine maandiko hapa inasema Mungu anajutia mbona aliumba hawa watu na wanafanya makosa. Another place it tells us in 1 Samuel 15 verse 11 that God regretted that he made Saul king. Na tena utaweza kupata katika Samueli wa kwanza mlango wa 15 mstari wa 29 Mungu maandiko ikisema kwamba Mungu anajutia kwa kumfanya Sauli kuwa mfalme. So how do we work part of the Bible out in Numbers 23 that says God does not change his mind with with passages like Genesis 6 verse 6 and 1 Samuel 15:11 that says seems to imply God did change his mind. Basi tutawezaje kukubaliana na mlango huu wa hesabu 23 mstari wa 19 ambao unasema Mungu habadilishi mawazo yake wala sio ni Mungu ambaye hawezi kudanganya na hii mistari mingine ambayo inasema yeye anachudia na inasema kwamba yeye anabadilisha mawazo yake So God does God change his mind or does he not Je, huyu Mungu ni Mungu akubadilisha mawazo yake ama hapana? When we look at the passage in 1 Samuel that says God regretted making Saul king. Tunapoangalia katika Samueli wa kwanza kwamba Mungu anajutia kwa kumfanya Sauli kuwa mfalme. That same passage also has another verse in verse 29. Katika hicho kitabu tu mstari wa 29 says And also the glory of Israel will not lie or have regret for he is not a man that she, he should have regret. Na inasema kwamba utukufu wa Waisraeli hautaweza kupaki wa uongo na kujutia kama mwanadamu. So in the same passage it says that God regretted and then a few verses later it says God does not regret. Basi tunaangalia katika mistari ile mingine bwana inasema Mungu anachutia lakini tunaona pia katika ule mtazamo inasema ya kwamba Mungu hajutii So how are we to think about this Sasa tutafikiria haje kuhusu mambo kama haya Well we know that God is not a man Tunapojua kwamba Mungu si mwanadamu God is a spirit kwa Mungu ni roho. He does not have a body like man. Yeye hana mwili kama wa mwanadamu. But there are many places in the Bible that tell us also that with God's mighty strong hand. Na tunaona katika sehemu zingine kwenye maandiko ikitueleza kwamba mkono wa nguvu wa Mungu wenye nguvu. With his mighty right hand. Ya kwamba mkono wa nguvu wa kuume. Well, does God have a hand? 
Je, Mungu wako na mkono? Do spirits have hands? Je, roho yuko na mkono? No. Hapana. The, when the Bible speaks that way, it's speaking in human terms to help us understand that God's right hand is he is powerful. But it's not speaking that he literally physically has a hand, but speaking in a way that we can understand his power and authority when it talks that way. Inaposungumza kwa njia ile, haimaanisha kwamba Mungu yuko na mkono kama mwanadamu, bali inataka kutueleza inaposungumza kwamba mkono wa Mungu mwenye nguvu ya kwamba yeye ni Mungu mwenye nguvu mwenye enzi zote. So when it speaks of God in Genesis 6 and 1 Samuel 15 regretting it is speaking in human terms for us to understand the situation. Kwa hivyo anapoeleza kuhusu mkono wa Mungu mawazo ya Mungu anasungumza kwa lugha ambayo inaweza iliweka na wanadamu waweze kuelewa kile ambacho kinasungumzwa. God had already decreed what would happen He knew ahead of time what would happen. If he knew ahead of time, then how could he have regret at all when he knew and decreed what was going to happen? Kwa hivyo tunapokuwa na fikra za kwamba Mungu amepanga, ametangaza yale anaenda kutendeka. Sasa je, itafanyika vipi tena huyu Mungu yule yule aweze kujutia bona alifanya Sauli kwa mfalme? Bona ameweza kumuumba mwanadamu kama vile tulivyoona katika mistari ile. It's just speaking to us that when King Saul sinned against God, this this is the reason Saul was rejected as king. Tunaona sababu iliyofanya Mungu huyu akamkataa Sauli kama mfalme kwa sababu ya dhambi zile uh, Sauli alikuwa ametenda. Sin has consequences. Dambi ina matokeo. And all of this was decreed by God to teach Israel a lesson. Na hii mara kwa mara ilikuwa ni njia yake ya kuwafundisha wana wa Israeli that they needed to trust in God as king rather than a man. Ya kwamba waweze kumwamini na kumtegemea Mungu zaidi ya mwanadamu. God does not change his mind. Mungu habadilishi mawazo yake. Third, God God's decree is unconditional. Ah uh, jambo la tatu ya kwamba mpango wa Mungu hauna kukeuka. Now there are some who would uh, would tell us that God makes his decisions based on what we do. Kuna watu ambao wanasema ya kwamba maamuzi ya Mungu yanategemea yale tunafanya sisi wanadamu that when god made his decrees before the foundation of the world he looked into the future and did it based on me and you wakiwa wanasingatia mambo haya ya kwamba mungu alipokuwa anaumba watu wake hata kabla hajaumba alijua ya kwamba fulani na fulani atakuwa mzuri kwa hivyo sasa akategemea matendo ya wale watu hapana But God's decrees are not conditioned on anything you or I have done but solely on what God wanted and chose to do. Ya kwamba mpango wa Mungu hautegemei yenye sisi tutafanya bali yenye yeye Mungu mwenyewe mpango wake na kutaka kwake na vile amependezwa kufanya hivyo. 
Psalm 115, verse 3. Our God is in the heavens and he does all that he pleases. Saburi miyamoja kuminatano mustari watatu inasema Mungu wetu yuko mbinguni na anafanya chochote kile anachopendezo nacho. If God's decree were dependent on something we did, that would make the creator dependent on the creation. Kama mpangilio wa Mungu watangazo lake wa mpango wake unategemea mambo yetu au utendaji wetu basi itakuwa inamfanya huyu Mungu ni wa kutegemea viumbe Lastly we want to say that God's decrees are good Jambo la mwisho tunataka kusema kwamba mpangilio wa Mungu ama kusudi la Mungu ni nzuri If God decrees everything kama Mungu ameweza kukusudia kila kitu we might look out at the world and then begin to question whether question God as Job did tunaweza kuangalia vitu ambavyo Mungu ameumba alafu tuwe na swali kama vile Ayubu alikuwa na swali kwa Mungu and it might lead us to question whether God is good ama unaweza kuwa na swali la ku, la ku, ku, kusema kwamba je Mungu huyu ni mzuri I'm sure that maybe you've had conversations with friends or family members. Who might have said, if there is an all-powerful God, why do bad things happen in the world? They're questioning God's goodness. Swala la kuuliza uzuri au wema wa Mungu. The Psalm 145:17 tells us. Saburi 145 mstari wa 17 inatuambia, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Ya kwamba Mungu ni mwenye haki kwa njia zake zote na ni Mungu wa mwenye mwenye utulifu katika utendaji kazi. All that God does is right. Kile Mungu anafanya ni chema. All that God does is righteous. Yote ambaye Mungu anafanya ni yenye haki. God is good. Mungu ni mwema all the time. Kila wakati Um, it may be helpful for us to uh, think about a quote from Augustine or Augustine. Labda tutaweza kuangalia unukuu ambao unatoka kwa Augustine who said if it were not good that evil should exist its existence would not be permitted by the omnipotent God. Kama si Mungu kama si uzu ama uzuri wa Mungu maovu yangeweza kuendelea na yangeweza kuendelea kama vile vile hayaruhusiwi na Mungu ambaye mwenye uweza na jua yote who without a doubt can easily refuse to permit what he does not wish ya kwamba kama ataweza ku uh, kama ataweza kuruhusu yale ambaye anatenda ama kuya kuyatakia kutakiwa kuyafanya na kuyaleta katika utendaji basi hii itakuwa si, si kusudi bali ni jambo la kutakiwa 
In many of our creeds, it starts, uh, God, our Father Almighty. Ya kwamba, tunaelewa ya kwamba, Mungu ni Baba wetu mwenye uweza. We don't question. Hilo, hatuulizi swana. God is almighty, omnipotent, all-powerful, and good. Ya kwamba yeye ni mwenzi wa vitu vyote, alie na nguvu zote, ajuae mambo yote. So let's think more clearly then uh, about sin. Kwa hivyo toweza kufikiria vyema sana kuhusu dhambi. You don't have to go very far into the Bible. Hatutaki kwenda mbali sana katika Biblia. It only takes three chapters. Inaweza kuchukua mistari mitatu to get to sin. Kuingia katika dhambi. God sovereignly created and then three chapters sin. Tunaangalia katika mwanzo kuanzia mlango wa kwanza wa pili vitu ni vyema mlango wa tatu dhambi imeingia So the issue of sin and the sovereignty of God is present from the beginning of the Bible Kwa hivyo tunaona hili swala la dhambi linaonekana katika mwanzo wa maandiko And what a person believes about the sovereignty of God and sin is seen in how they talk about creation and the fall. Na dhambi inaweza kuonekana jinsi unavyotazamia na unavyokumpana maana swala la viumbe ambavyo Mungu aliweza kuumba. For instance, you will you will hear some pastors say that God had a plan. Labda umeweza kukutana mchungaji ambaye anasema Mungu alikuwa na mpango. And then Adam and Eve sinned and messed up that plan. So he had to come up with another plan. But that is not true. God does not have to ever come up with another plan. He only has one plan. And it will be carried out always. We emphatically believe that the fall included in was, was God's only plan. It included God's plan. He was sovereign over the events to decree that nothing changed his plan. Ya kwamba hakuna kitu ambacho kinaweza kubadilisha kusudi la Mungu au ule mpango wake. So let me make five points about God's sovereignty and sin. Wacha aweze kuweka kanuni tano kuhusu uenzi wa Mungu. First, God is sovereign over all and that includes sin. Anasema kwamba Mungu ni muenzi juu ya vitu vyote dhambi pia ikihusishwa nayo. When when Romans 8:28 says, we know that all things work together for the good. Katika kitabu cha Warumi mlango wa 8 mstari wa 28 inasema yakuwa mambo yote yanatendeka for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose you realize when that when it says 
All things work together for good. That includes sin. Isn't sin part of all things? Kwa hivyo anaposema mambo yote, je, dhambi haihusishwi ndani ya hayo mambo yote kulingana na mstari huu? Or even in Ephesians 1:11 our text. Hata tukiangalia katika kitabu cha Efeso, mlango wa kwanza, mstari wa 11. When it says of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Doesn't that include sin? Ambayo inasema kwamba kwake yeye kwake Kristo katika Kristo basi sisi tumepata yeah tumepata urithi tukiishi kuchaguliwa sawasawa na kusudi la Mungu yeye ambaye ufanya mambo yote kulingana na mapenzi yake. We have to say that it does emphatically include sin. He inatupatia msingi kuwa hata dhambi pia imehuzishwa ndani ya mpango wa Mungu. If we if we say it doesn't then we have a bigger problem. Tukisema hapana hiyo basi tutakuwa na tatizo kubwa. And we have a hopeless problem. Na tutakuwa na tumaini ambalo halipo. If God is not sovereign over sin then what is our hope that any good could come from it? Kama Mungu hatakuwa mwenye enzi juu ya dhambi basi tungetua tungekuwa na tumaini lipi na mambo mazuri kutokana na hayo? It's the very gospel that teaches us that God is was sovereign and is sovereign over Jesus's own death and suffering. Tunaona kwamba uenzi ule wa Mungu unapopelekea swala la Yesu kwa pale msalabani kwa ajili ya dhambi. The gospel truth includes a lot of sin. Kwa hivyo ukweli wa injili unasumuza mengi kuhusu dhambi pia. It includes scribes and Pharisees trapping Jesus. Ya kwamba mafarisayo na waandishi vile waliweza kukuwa na mapishano wakati ule wa Kristo. It includes the Jewish people chanting crucify him crucify him unjustly. Hii inahusisha Kristo Yesu akiwa na anapigana analumbana wakisema ya kwamba msunubisheni msunubisheni huyo Yesu. It includes Jesus going to the cross and the Roman soldiers stabbing him nailing him to the cross. Kwa hivyo inahusisha uh, inahusisha wale maaskari na yale yote aliyotendeka kwa Yesu Kristo hadi pale msalabani. Was God sovereign over that? Je, Mungu amekuwa mwenye enzi wa mambo kama hayo? Most certainly. Ni kweli? Lazima. It is our salvation. Ni wokovu wetu. So God is sovereign over sin. Kwa hivyo Mungu ni mwenye enzi juu ya dhambi. The second point is the presence of sin does not deter or undermine God's rule. Ukuwepo wa dhambi hauwezi kupunguza ama kukuwa na uweza juu ya ule uenzi wa Mungu. And again we can go to Job 42 verse 2. Tunaweza kufungua Biblia zetu tuangalie maandiko katika kitabu cha Ayubu 42 mstari wa pili. It says I know that you can do all things and no purpose of yours can be thwarted. 
Ambayo inasema kwamba ninajua ya kwamba unaweza kufanya kila jambo na hakuna kusudi ambalo linaweza kutoka sehemu zingine na lisuie. The nations may rage but Jesus is king and his dominion is everlasting. Inasema kwamba this is for Job 42 uh, as Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I moved on. <laughs> Jesus is king and his dominion is everlasting. Yesu anasema kwamba ufalme wake na utawala ni wa milele. In uh, Daniel chapter 4 verse 34 and 35. Katika Danieli mlango wa 30 na 5 mstari wa 34 mlango wa 4 mstari wa 34 hadi 35. Says for his dominion is an everlasting dominion. Nasema utawala wake ni wa milele. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. Ufalme wake unakaa kutoka milele hadi milele. Now, one generation may rise against God. Hata kisasi kimoja kinaweza inuka kinyume na Mungu. But the dominion of God stands. Lakini ufalme wa Mungu wasimama. The presence of sin never undermines God's plan. Ya kwamba kukuwepo kwa dhambi hakuwezi kufanya utawala wa Mungu na uenzi wake ukaweze kupunguka. The presence of sin may undermine your plan. Kukuwepo kwa dhambi kunaweza kukushusha wewe. The presence of sin may undermine the plan you think God had. Na unaweza kutoa mipango ama kutoweza kufanya wewe usifikishe mipango ambayo unapanga. There have been many times in my life where I sit down and thought I know this is what God has planned for me. Mara mingi sana yeye ameweza kukaa chini akasema hii ndio Mungu amenikusudia kufanya. And then it did not happen. Lakini haitimiliki. Because God's plan never changes but maybe what I think his plan is does. Na hii kwa sababu kusudi la Mungu halibadiliki isipokuwa mawazo yangu mimi kama kiumbe ama mwanadamu hayana ule uenzi yataweza kukosa kutimilika I was the one who was wrong not God Yeye ndiye amekuwa makosa si Mungu Third God is not the author of sin Jambo la tatu Mungu si mwanzilishi wa dhambi So though God decrees everything that happens which includes sin he is not the author of sin Ingawaje Mungu ndiye anapanga mambo yote atakayefanyika hata dhambi pia ikiwemo ndani huyu Mungu si mwenye kumwanzilishi wa dhambi So James chapter 1 verse 13 Katika Yakobo mlango wa kwanza mstari wa 13 is a verse that makes this clear Hii ni mstari ambao unaweza kutofafanulia kwa wazi Says let no one say when he is tempted I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one Mtu anapocharibiwa asiseme inacharibiwa na Mungu kwa maana Mungu hawezi kucharibiwa na maofu wala yeye hamcharibu mtu yeyote God cannot sin Mungu hawezi kutenda dhambi God does not sin Mungu hajawahi na hatawahi tena dhambi. 
If you or I were to lead our children into sin, that would be a great sin in and of itself. Wewe na mimi kama tunaweza kuongoza watoto wetu kutenda dhambi, basi hili ni swala ambalo litatupelekea sisi katika dhambi kuu kuzana. In fact Jesus says that if we lead one of these children astray it would be better if a millstone were hung around our neck and thrown to the bottom of the sea. Yesu anasema iwapo mmoja wapo hawa watawaongoza katika maovu ingekuwa ni afadhali mtu huyo afungwe jiwe kuu na atupwe kwenye bahari ya bahari ya moto. When sin happens it flows from us not from God. Wakati dhambi inapokuwa ndani mwetu inadhihirika na inateremka kutoka kwetu sisi. Evil comes from evil beings and God is not evil. Maovu yanatokelezea kwa vile viumbe vya maovu ambavyo si Mungu. I like the way again uh, the Puritan Thomas Boston says it. Angependa anapenda kile ambacho yule mwandishi anaitwa Thomas He says for God is neither the physical nor moral cause of evil uh, of any evil action more than he who rides on a lame horse is the cause of its halting. Anasema kwamba Mungu si mojawapo wa mwili, sehemu ya mwili au mwenye kuleta maovu kutendeka au matendo. So If you ride a, if you ride a broken horse and it falls it is not your fault. And when God uses wicked men and wicked men sin it is not God's fault. Na kama Mungu anatumia wale wale malaika ama tu wale viumbe ambavyo ni viofu basi si vile viumbe vinapotenda dhambi si makosa ya Mungu. But this is a great mystery to us. Na swala hili ni siri kwetu sisi how god can perfectly decree and man be the author of sin and god perfectly be sovereign over it at the same time kama mungu anaweza kutokuwa yeye ndiye mwanzilishi wa dhambi alafu dhambi itokelezee kwa viumbe ambaye ni mwanadamu na huyu mungu kwa uenzi wake akaweza kushinda ule uweza wa dhambi but what we must do is affirm what the bible says hili linaweza kutupelekea kusema yale Biblia inatuambia ni kweli na tuyasingatie. God tempts no one. Kwamba Mungu hawezi kumcharibu mtu yote. But God does all that he pleases. Mungu hufanya yale apendezwayo naye. The fourth point about sin is that God permits sin. Jambo la nne ni kwamba Mungu anairuhusu dhambi. Here we need to think about Um, God's will. Hii inatupelekea kufikiria kuhusu mapenzi ya Mungu. Uh, different people have spoken of God's will in different ways. Watu wamesungumza kuhusu mapenzi ya Mungu kwa njia mbalimbali. But one of the simplest ways is just to think of God's secret will and God's revealed will. Na mojawapo ya siri ya mambo ya tofauti na siri katika sehemu ya masuala haya ni kutambua kuwa mapenzi ya Mungu ambayo hayajafunuliwa na yale ambayo yamefunuliwa. 
And or another way to say it is God's will of decree and God's will of command. Ya kwamba yale mapenzi ya Mungu ya kutangaza na au kupanga na yale mapenzi ya Mungu katika katika utendaji or his will of purpose or precept ama mapenzi yake katika ya katika lile tunaloliita majaliwa so the question is what is god's will sasa swali ni kwamba mapenzi ya Mungu ni nini the answer should be the bible jibu nilikuwa ni kwamba biblia everything in the bible kila kitu ndani ya maandiko is god revealing to us his will ni yale mapenzi ya Mungu yaliyofunuliwa kwetu sisi but god's will includes sin lakini mapenzi ya Mungu yanayohusisha dhambi dhambi so it must be said that god also has a will that we do not understand hii pia ni kusema ya kwamba Mungu ana mpango mapenzi ambaye yake ambaye sisi hatuyaelewi a will that has not been revealed to us. Mapenzi yake ambaye hayajafunuliwa kwetu sisi. And we we see this uh, even in in the life of Joseph. Na tumeona haya katika maisha ya Yusufu. We know that it is against God's will to sell your brother into slavery. Tuliona kwamba si mapenzi ya Mungu haswa kuweza kuchukua ndugu yako na ukamuuze katika nchi ya utumwa. But that was perfectly God's plan to get Joseph to Egypt to rescue the whole children of Israel. Lakini tunaona ya kwamba mapenzi ya Mungu katika swala lile ya kwamba baadaye Yusufu atakuja ku, kwa, uh, kupitia hiyo ataokoa wana wa Israeli kutoka katika ule utumwa. So on one hand it was against God's revealed will but it was perfectly what God had willed. Kwa hivyo katika sehemu moja walikuwa kinyume ya mapenzi ya Mungu na katika sehemu nyingine walikuwa katika mapenzi yale ya Mungu. Now this is important for us to understand. Na hii inaweza kutufanya sisi tusielewe sehemu hiyo. Very practically in our lives. Ni mambo ambayo tunayaona katika maisha yetu. In America I do a lot of ministry at abortion clinics. Katika kule Amerikani ye ni mhubiri na mshauri katika wale ambao wanaingia katika swala la kutoa mimba. And even here abortion happens. Na hata hapa tunajua kwamba kuna wale wanaohusika na mambo kama haya. And maybe some of you know some people who've had abortions or talked to you and are considering one. Na hata pia unajua mtu mmoja au wawili ambao wameweza kusumuza na hata wewe mwenyewe unawajua hawa watu ambao wameweza kukuja siku nyingine kwa ajili ya kufanya mambo ya kutoa watoto. But God's will, his revealed will in his word is that that child is a human being and and abortion is murder. Na neno la Mungu linatuambia ya kwamba mapenzi ya Mungu inatuambia kwamba mtoto amekusudiwa ili aweze kuwa katika sehemu ya wenye kuwa na uhai lakini sasa unapoaua mapema na kuwatoa kuangamisa ni dhambi now sometimes people will have reasons or excuses for why they have they murder their child na mara nyingi utakuwa unaweza kumbana na watu wakiwa na sababu vi sababu vya kufanya wafanye hayo ambao wanadhania ni sawa 
Some of those reasons include um, if, if a woman, if a girl is very young and she was, uh, she was taken advantage of by a family member. Uh, kwa hivyo atasema wengine wanasema kwamba ah mimi nimekuwa msichana na kwa hivyo nimepata hii fursa ya kufanya hii dhambi hii ya usinifu hii na mmoja wetu kati ya familia so maybe there's incest involved alafu akaingia katika tendo lile la washarata ama usinifu pale or maybe a, a young girl or a woman was raped au umeweza ku Yes. And so do we. So then people will say, well because of sin, then this is not God's will and it's okay for me to get an abortion. But this fails to see that God uses sin for good. Na unakosa kuelewa kwamba hii maovu ama Mungu anatumia hii dhambi kwa ajili ya mema. And that children are a blessing from the Lord. Maandiko yanatuambia kwamba watoto ni baraka kutoka kwa Mungu. Even if that it was the result of sinful situations. Hata kama wamepatikana kwa njia ile mbaya. The truth is we do not fix one sin by committing another sin. Murder is not the answer to adultery. Here we see God's revealed will is do not commit adultery. Tumeweza kuona mapenzi ya Mungu yaliyofunuliwa ni katika hii amri ambayo inasema usifanye usinifu. But his secret will may be to produce a child that he can use for his glory. Na sasa siri ni kwamba kwa yule mtoto ambaye angekupitia hayo angeliweza kupokea utukufu kupitia yeye. It is never right to murder a child in the womb. In order to fix any situation. Na hili tumeweza kusikia kwamba si sawa, si kiungu kufanya mambo ya kutoa watoto. Ama kuua. God permits sin for his own good purposes. Kwa hivyo Mungu anaruhusu dhambi kwa makusudi yake mwenyewe. God's decree even in sin is not a reason for us to sin more. Mungu anampango hata kama dhambi wakati dhambi ilikuwa haijakuwa ndio sababu. We do not we do not fix sin by another sin. Sisi hatuweki dhambi kwa sababu ya dhambi nyingine. Sin is only fixed by Jesus. Ya kwamba dhambi iliweza kutolewa na Yesu Kristo. Jesus came into the world and suffered sinful unjust actions. Kwamba Yesu alikuja duniani akachukua hayo mateso yote ili hii dhambi iweze kuondolewa. And he did this according to the decree and purpose of God. 
na anafanya hii kwa kulingana na kusudi na mapenzi ya Mungu yaliyoweza kuwekwa kabla misingi ya ulimwengu and he did this that we who are his children might be saved na alifanya hii ili sisi ambao ni watoto wake tuweze kupata kuokolewa one final point about sin jambo lingine kuhusu dhambi God restrains sin in all people. Ya kwamba Mungu anaelekeza dhambi katika watu wake wote. You and I are sinners. Wewe na mimi ni wenye dhambi. But we have not committed as many sinful acts as we have desired. Na dhambi ambazo tumeweza kuzifanya hazijakuwa mingi sana ama hatujazifanya kulingana na jinsi sisi tumetaka kuzifanya by god's common grace he restrains people from being as sinful as they could be or would be lakini kulingana na kusudio la mungu kwa ajili yetu ni kwamba kuna sehemu ambazo tunafanya ndio sisi ni wenye dhambi lakini kuna ma, kuna dhambi zenye hatujafanya He does this in many ways. Na anafanya hivi kwa njia nyingi. But one way we see it in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 9 at the Tower of Babel. Tunaweza kuona katika mwanzo mlango wa uh, uh, wa tisa kuhusu mnara wa Babeli. So at the Tower of Babel they were building a tower to make a name for themselves. Tunaona katika mnara ule walikuwa wanajenga walikuwa wanaujenga na kusudi na kujitengenezea jina. And they would have done it. But God came down and disturbed the situation, made them speak different languages, and they scattered and could not be as sinful as they wanted to be. And so sin is the reason we have a language barrier today. <laughs> na kwa sababu ya hiyo dhambi basi tuna lugha kibukusu kijaluo na namna hiyo but by god's grace he has given us brothers and sisters who can translate lakini sasa tena huyo mungu amepeana vipawa katika tafsiri wa lugha hizo and we praise the lord for his grace in this tunamshukuru mungu kwa ajili ya hiyo neema isaiah 46:10 says As, as Eli uh, used earlier God is declaring the end from the beginning Katika Isaya mlango wa 46 mstari wa 9 na 10 kama vile ndugu yetu alivyosema ya kwamba Mungu alitangaza mwisho toka mwanzo And from ancient times things not yet done Kutoka katika samani zile mambo ambayo hayajafanyika bado saying my counsel shall stand and i will accomplish all my purposes kwamba kusudi lake litasimama na atakamilisha yale yote aliyokusudia so we see it is important for us to say that god decrees all things which include sin kwa hivyo itakuwa la muhimu ya kuwa sisi tuseme ya kwamba mungu ni mwenye enzi hata na kwa dhambi pia but god is not the author of sin And since God is sovereign over sin, na Mungu akiwa na uenzi juu ya dhambi, 
This is our hope. It's our hope when people sin against us. It's our hope when we have sinned in the past. I think it's true of all believers that we sin God has taken our sin in the past and used it in a sanctifying and good way in our lives in the future. One way is that we can share our sinfulness and how God has changed us and that be a blessing to other people. God uses it for good in that way. And even when we have been sinned against, God uses that for our good and sanctification. Maybe when your when your children do not listen to you. It's a fresh reminder to you of how God has been patient with you when you did not listen to him. So even in that instance your child is sinning but you are getting something good out of it. Praise God that he is sovereign over sin. It is our hope. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you are sovereign over sin in such a way that you led your son to the cross to die. So that we who trust in you and repent of our sin can be completely forgiven. Lord, we thank you for this truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.